the energy and the trade-off that you get from seeing it work, even if it's not to the level that you need it to, gets you going and creates a possibility in your mind of like, okay, this is working now. What else can I make happen? What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Vintory. Let's get real for a second about growing property inventory. It can be really challenging, complicated, and sometimes even expensive, right? Well, now we have a tool to help make this the least stressful and most profitable process possible. That's right. Growing your rental management company can be accomplished faster with the support of Vintory. We're talking a total property portfolio overhaul in just a matter of months. That's because Vintory is the first and only sales and marketing platform of its kind. Think about how you want your property portfolio to grow and what your main business goals are, and then experience for yourself how Vintory can help propel you there. Sign up now at vintory.com slash str and get a copy of Brooke's best-selling book from zero to 500 properties in five years absolutely free. Plus, you get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a full demo today. Don't wait. Go to vintory.com slash str. Thanks for listening. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Well, what's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother, so good to see you. I am feeling super grateful. We just had a hurricane come by this way, went a little bit north of us, so we're good. And, you know, so blessed also, like the villas have new roofs, new windows, just in time for like the last two hurricanes that really have come this way. So feeling, feeling good, you know, really feeling the slowdown in the market when it comes to the real estate side and the real estate sales, right? You know, I keep getting reminded of like, you marry the house, you date the rate, right? But it's just, it's difficult for people to understand, right? Like they look at, they look at the interest rates and they're like, well, my brother bought a house two years ago and only paid 3% interest rate. I'm like, I get that. Nothing we can do about it. Right. But it's psychologically, it's very difficult, you know? And again, like there hasn't been that match of expectations between buyers and sellers, especially sellers, right? Like they're still pricing things that you're just like, this needs to be priced like I think that come to Jesus moment is like upon us between now and like the next three months where it's just like, yeah, you're not going to get the same pricing that you were. And then once that happens again for the buyers, it's like, listen, if you can get a deal now at a high interest rate, when rates do come down again at some point, then you can refinance it at that point and your property is going to go up and rates are going to go down. So like the timing is good if you buy it at the right price. You just don't want to go in and buy it at market rate right now, knowing that they're going to come down. Right. Exactly. And and also remembering that like things go up, but they have to get past this point on the way down. So if you're thinking like, oh, the rates are going to drop a year from now. Yeah, they may drop from where they are, but they're going to take another year to come down to where we are right now. Like the rates are not going to go from like 10 to four. They're going to go gradually down the same way they went gradually up. Right. So like, and also remembering that you're like, I'm waiting for the rate. This may be the best rate you're going to get for the next 12 to 18 months anyways, right? So really understanding and putting everything into into perspective when making that choice. But again, life is good. 
we got very fortunate once again. But that's why my ambiance is so much better today because I have my hurricane shutters closed. <laughs> we gotta we gotta just keep those closed on podcasting. Maybe right. Fantastic. Yeah, to keep them closed, you know. We're gonna watch this one on YouTube because yeah. his lighting looks damn good today. Yeah. So how's your due diligence coming along? Because that's that's another thing that people don't understand is how long on larger deals it takes you to do. We're pretty much good on our side for like due diligence. Now it's just getting it through the final hoops, which I should find out in the next week. There's like for the SBA portion, there's like three different approvals you need. Mm-hmm. One was just around the deal, which they approved. But then there's also the um, appraisal, which should be back this week. And the environmental, we did a phase two on it. So as long as those come back good, we should be good to go and close on that bad boy next month. And uh, don't wait to finish that year. We may do a tiered approach because there's two buildings. One's 30 and the other one's over 20. The 30 units in decent shape. We just need new flooring, new bathroom stuff. So ideally we'd get that one open like late spring mm-hmm. and then finish basically gutting the other building and rebuilding yeah. For like September. So yeah, it makes sense. Also, we you guys launched tickets for the national dude. conference and it's been insane. Dude, I just checked it again before we jumped on. All right. So we want ticket sales what three days ago? Two days ago? Monday, yeah. Monday. Oh, yeah. So we're recording this Thursday. On Thursday. So what's so that? three yeah. days. We've sold over seven hundred out of the thousand in three days. Like I just looked at I'm like, whoa. Yeah. So and then somebody messaged me and being like this is where I am. Doesn't make sense for me. And honestly, and what I'm telling everybody, it's just like, it's such a big conference and there are so many people speaking and so many different things and so many different levels of people that any level you're at, it makes sense. Yeah. Because you can meet people, you can get inspired. And again, like at the beginning, to me, what's most important is it's understanding how people execute well and who you can mimic. And two, just finding the motivation of like understanding how doable and possible something is with focused energy in very short periods of time. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, is like you and I have done deals for a long time at this point, but I'm a, we're both students always. So like I always learn and I'm always making tweaks and adjustments to improve constantly. Like that's never done, right? That's the first thing. So I... I'm kind of running around doing stuff with Bill throughout the event, but when I can, I love to just pause and just jot some notes down or I'll watch the recordings after because there's so many nuggets from the different speakers. And then the second thing is just building the network because it's like a cheat code, right? Like you and I were just on our boardroom call and one of our guys is about to do a development hotel deal and he just like pitched us like Shark Tank style. And then we're putting them in touch with different people and it's just like the fast lane and the cheat code. Like once your network is there, it's not how do I do this? It's who do I know that can help me do this or who could do this for me, right? It's just 100%. your cheat code. 100%. So, so we're excited. We'll look forward to seeing everybody there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be epic. It's going to yeah. be epic. And uh, I'm not going to say who, but I'm also jacked for a special guest on this podcast in a few weeks. Oh, my God, yes. This lockdown. That, like, was, that was a great way to wake up. I woke up to an to a email from Mike. I was just like, I geeked out. So we're, I'm still stoked. Yeah. A little nervous, actually. You know, I'm we'll, like, we'll be pre- we'll be prepped. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm also super excited for our guest today, right? So, speaking of the conferences, like she she's been down. She's she showed up and uh, she's been crushing it. So today on the show, we've got Leslie Ann Morris with us, and she's originally from California and began her Smoky Mountain investing journey while living and working in Los Angeles. She had been a commercial banker for over 20 years and wanted to begin building true wealth. And from the minute she closed on her first investment cabin, she knew she had made the right choice. 
The cabin was an overnight success. The cash flow she made from her first investment allowed her to quickly scale her portfolio. And today she has 10 short-term rentals. She fell in love with Tennessee and moved there in 2020. I can totally see why. It's epic. And after learning about a lack in the marketplace, she quickly founded two sister companies, Invest in the Smoky Mountains, property acquisition company, and Josh's Cabins Management, a full-service property management company, both focused on creating passive income sources for out-of-state investors who want to build a life away from trading their time for money. Mm -hmm. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad that you're here. So, you know, 20-year banking career, what was the epiphany or that moment that you were like, I got to do something here? And then what got you into the short-term rentals? Yeah, well, I was had a really long banking career. I actually just left that job early September this year, so pat on my back. Congrats. Uh, Congrats. Wow. Freedom. I mean, climbing the corporate ladder is like a very admirable goal. It's like, it was for me. That was my life, you know? And then I just, I was looking at the 10K report. I think it had like the CEO's salary and it was like $16 million. And I was like, well, how the hell do I get to that? Like, how do I go from where I'm at here? Like, you know, I have a senior vice president, but you know, to CEO, how do we jump those rungs? So I went back to school, got my master's degree and just immediately, like it just unlocked something inside me and started buying properties. But I had been, you know, I was in commercial real estate lending. So I know underwriting like the back of my hand and had like even just my clients at the bank, like coaching and mentoring me. They were like, you need to get into this. You need to, you know, you're you're so much bigger and better than just like sitting at this desk doing credit underwriting. I had a great journey and just along the way really learned and, you know, partnered with them to kind of see like, how did you scale to that and how'd you do it? And before I knew, to, knew it, I was robbing my retirement. Don't recommend that for everybody. Um, but for me, that it allowed me to scale. Like, it's really only been three years that I've been. I was investing in other types of real estate, but short-term rentals for me is like a three-year journey. And literally monthly, something is clicking into place. And just, I'm so passionate about it now that the sky's the limit <laughs> at this point. I love it. I love, I love the term robbing my retirement, right? I don't think I've ever heard that before. It's funny, right? Because to me, what I always tell people is my retirements are, are my buildings. I don't need money in the bank, right? And I have a habit of going broke every so often buying something, right? But psychologically, I do understand it, right? I do understand the need. And I think also with age, that makes, makes a difference, right? So you said you wouldn't recommend it for everybody. What has that journey been like? Because I'm, I'm sure you're at the moment you're like, I'm doing this. And then you bought your first place and you're like, shit, I bought something. Right. Because like, I still have that. I'm like, I shouldn't have bought this. I'm like, what are you I'm doing? I'm like, and I'm like, okay, wait one second. We've been doing this for 12 years. You have an amazing team behind you. You know what you're doing, but what was that like? Oh shit. Yeah, no, totally. Emotional yeah. decisions are my specialty. So yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, like my first, I would say like when I scaled from one to five, that happened so fast and they were all emotional decisions. Even though I had credit underwriting, I wasn't really doing any sort of like what I do today, right? And I don't run my margins that thin today. But yeah, I mean, I was just like, I love cabins. I had this like love affair with cabins. I would travel in a past life. I've traveled 45 countries and been all over the world and stayed in a lot of cabins, Finland, Alaska, Iceland. So I had this like affinity for a cabin, right? And I was going to buy like a long-term rental and a deal fell apart overnight. And then I was like, let me just go back to the drawing board here. And I like just Googled up Airbnbs, like here's our top five markets for the prior year. And oh, by the way, three of them are all in Tennessee. So 
I just went on Zillow and found a cabin and I was like, that's the one. And I can go stay there and vacation there. And if it makes its mortgage, then cool. That was like my thought that got me into it. So I just jumped with like absolutely no fear. Yeah. Worst scenario, I had a cool cabin. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's such an important way to look at something because like I realized, obviously, there are different levels of investor, right? Like Mike and I are very different. Mike is calculated. I'm more like you. I'm more like, eh, I like it. I can feel it. It feels good to me. Let's do it. But there is also the understanding of like, it's not the ideal case scenario, but as long as something pays for itself, it makes a little money, yeah. you're in business, right? And I think people are, again, like I said this a couple of podcasts ago, they are so in love with the idea of hitting these home runs on the first deal, they're going to retire everybody. The reality is like a couple of things making a little bit of money get you to where you need to go. And it's fun. Like, it's just like, it's, it's, it's because like the, the, the really, the, the energy and the trade-off that you get from seeing it work, even if it's not to the level that you need it to, gets you going and creates a possibility in your mind of like, okay, this is working now. What else can I make happen? Right? Yeah. So I think it's important for people to realize that a lot of the times those first deals don't make crazy money. Yeah. I got lucky, I'll say. I mean, three years ago, the prices in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee were like maybe half or even cheaper than they are today, right? And I've, I've bought some that they're not failures, but I bought some that I've already flipped out of. And I bought some that I'm considering selling next year that were like tests. You know, they're maybe a little bit on the outskirts of where tourists are. Or I had Airbnbs in three states for a while and I've sold those off. So yeah, I mean, like it's emotional decisions. I think right now where I'm at in the market um, and with, you know, I'm operating largely as an agent, you know, currently my property acquisition company is just myself until I scale it. So I'm trying to like educate buyers on ca calculating cash on cash and not making emotional decisions, but I don't always practice what I preach. Like, like you said, if it does feel good, then, you know, jump and go for it. And you can always, you know, I, somebody told me once they're like, anything in real estate can be fixed with money. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds good. But I do have a model I follow now. You know, I'm, I do still kind of put my heart into the deals. Uh, I get really invested. And then if something falls apart, it's, it's crushing for me. But um, I, I do have like a thought process in place around like, you know, exactly where I'm targeting, exactly what I'm targeting, and then exactly what type of underwriting that I'm looking for. So I'm pretty regimented now. I will interject real quick. And just picture a little, a little Mike Shogren on your shoulder next time you're looking at a deal. So the love is there for the deal. Just make sure the numbers pencil out too. And I think one thing that's important with like Ian, what Leslie are talking about is when you do analyze enough deals, your intuition starts to kick in and like, you'll know if it's the right deal. Like there's just something about it, but you got to look at enough deals to just kind of know that. And I bring that up. Now, because especially where we're at in the market, I'm screaming from the rooftops like it is massively important to know your numbers going into a deal because the market is shifting. It is much more competitive in the short term rental space. Real estate prices were up, but they're coming down. So you have to know your numbers going into it. And again, last week I plugged the free calculator, strsecrets.com slash resources. Go in there. It's free. Run your numbers. And then. If they make sense, cool, buy the deal, right? Like know your numbers. So talk about like, so real quick, just to elaborate on, you said you robbed your retirement. Does that mean you pulled some money out of an IRA or 401k? Yep. 
Yeah, I did too for my first deal. I mean, it was like 60,000, I think, 50 or 60. Back then, you know, I think I started with like a 10% down because I was out of state. So I was able to get 60 and do like two deals right away. And then they just immediately cash flowed like beautifully. And then that money allowed me to buy like the next few. And that's kind of how it's gone. And I've since like restructured um, some of those early deals and did cash out. Um, I had a couple of like burr, STR burrs, bursters, as my friend Nate calls it. But um, yeah, so, but I robbed retirement a few times and now that retirement is completely gone. When I left banking back in September, I moved the last of the money and now I invest privately into other people's deals, like syndicated multifamily deals. You know, personally, I'm not interested in long-term or multifamily at all. I guess I could change later. Short-term rentals is really like my bed and bread and butter. Uh, and I'm just really passionate about it. I love it. You know, the hospitality side as well and all that is just based on my travel experience. It fits really nicely. Yeah. So it sounds like to me that you, uh, you rubbed your retirement to retire and now you are yes. essentially. Yeah. And I think it's not for everybody just because some people don't have that. Like, um, I have fearlessness, I guess, around a lot of things in life. I just make a quick decision and jump, uh, most of the time and not knowing if something's going to be there to catch me. I mean, when I quit my job in September, I was thinking, you know, my portfolio is strong enough now that I can live off of that income, but I don't really want to because I want to keep the portfolio building itself. So it is, to your point, my retirement strategy. So then that's when I was like, what could I, you know, I have my agent license and I've got a huge network of people because I have moved a lot in the past and they're asking me, how did you do this? Can you help me do it? And so that's kind of like, I'm trying to really focus on growing those new businesses so I don't use the short-term rental income, although it's tempting to just yeah. not work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in the boat often in life, right? Of that like, satisfaction of what it's current and the dreams of what's what's over there and the understanding of like i'm fully aware that it takes a trade-off of time and energy to get to a higher level of of me always right mm -hmm. so for those people that are listening because there's a lot of agents so i'm similar to you right like I'm, we're this hybrid kind of like agent slash management companies that we kind of like let people be like this is how we do it come I'll advise you on like things that I would buy for myself and then make sure that we can run them for you and everything else so what does that conversation look like to you and then what are you you've come to find as it's like a successful uh, way of getting into the conversation with somebody that you know yeah I mean I have people come to me from all over I'm pretty active on bigger pockets and then just social media in general LinkedIn Instagram I share a lot of case studies on there and I will have people randomly pop up and just say can I have a call with you and I'm pretty giving of my time just because I do love it so much. I love to talk about it. I am like, okay, I'm only going to be on this call for 30 minutes. And then it's like 90 minutes later. I'm like, I'm the one that kept it going while I'm talking about like strategy. Like, I just think a lot of people uh, like that handholding idea. Um, so I'm trying to be that one-stop shop. And I know a lot of others are doing it in other markets, but... I didn't really see it being done that well in the Smoky Mountain market. You know, it would be like maybe there's an agent that's an investor, but they refer out to like a property management company. And then just a lot of those companies were just, I don't know, not, I don't think optimizing rental uh, rates. They were just getting bodies in bed. So that's kind of why I had that strategy around that. So 
Yeah, I mean, I don't do underwriting for my clients. That's one thing I'm pretty adamant about. I think everybody needs to do their own underwriting. Everybody's investor goals are completely different. I have a lot of great, um, like, different resources I can point them to if they really don't understand it. And I'm happy to, like, help them plug in numbers and then check their work. But I'm like, you need to learn this. What if you decide you want to invest? That's for me. I do the same thing. Yeah. I'm not one to te- like, I want to teach you how to fish and I'm not yeah. one to like show you the deals. Like I'm like, I'll show you stuff that I like, but then you have to run your own numbers. Also from a responsibility perspective, right? So the, for all of our agents out there, don't put that level of responsibility on yourself. But then the, the person is looking at you and be like, well, you said what's going to make this much money. And just like, no, no, you know what I mean? And understanding that like that way, again, like it's all about the longevity of the relationships. And you should, especially in this time of the market, you should never be talking somebody into a deal that may not make sense. Because similar to what Mike was saying, right? Like knowing your numbers now can make somebody's mortgage work or not work. And you're you're not in a position to take that on yourself. At least I'm not. Yeah. I would hate that. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. And I work with all sorts of buyers all over the country. And some of them, they do what I did in the past. And they're like, I'm so emotional about this. And I'm like... I won't sell you something I wouldn't buy myself, but if if you're adamant about it, I will give you the pros and cons. And you know, you know, maybe your strategy is you just need like a um, tax write off, so you're okay losing money the first year. I'm like, if that's your goal and you know that going in, then cool. Like, let's help you get it under contract. But you know, yeah, I like that the fish comment you made. I've heard that in the mm-hmm. past, and it's so true. Like. And that was like, you know, if you want to go do another deal in another state and I'm not there, like now you know how to do it. So it's just empowerment. I love that. So now that you've got 10 properties and you're just not managing others, have your systems and tech and processes evolved over time? And like, what does that look like the beginning versus now, I guess, kind of your journey through that? Yeah, I um, actually got really serious when I was at five properties. I mean, I started using um, dynamic pricing software within just the first couple of months because I realized I was just leaving money on the table. I mean, I was, I was reading every resource I could find because they were booking so fast and I just had one price. I was like, this is dumb. So that was the first thing I did. Um, and that at like five years, it was like right as I graduated with my master's degree, I started building out, not five years, five units, but I started building out like a direct booking website integrating a property management system. And then just in the last probably year, I've done like the remote, you know, we had just like a static door lock. So we've started like, you know, reprogramming those based on guest cell phone numbers. We've added like digital guidebooks. And it's it's really just anytime something comes up that sounds cool, we, we try it out. Um, I was just at BRMA in Vegas, which is the Vacation Rental Management Association. And there's a bunch of like vendors calling me now. I'm on like every list. But just like getting a revenue manager assigned to me from my dynamic pricing software, we've scaled large enough to be at that point. So I have a call with them next week. And we're just constantly evolving to try to just be more efficient and more automated. It just mm-hmm. helps everybody, not just us. I, I so appreciate your like, I mean, and you can, I think this is one of the, the benefits in some parts of like coming from a corporate background that you're always like looking at your systems. You're like, okay, how do I make this better? Right? Like how, who else can I rely on? And also understanding that like, as you grow, you carry a weight in all the systems and things that you're using. And it's funny because Mike always talks about this is like that five unit kind of like threshold. It's all fun and games up until you're about five units. And then in a single weekend, three things happen at the same time. 
-hmm. because once one thing happened, the second thing happens, I'm always expecting a third because in my life, things happen in three. And so you just like have all these things going on. You're just like, you know, so knowing where you're going or like knowing where you want to go, what is the next hire for you? That's really going to help you like grow and scale your business. Yeah. Well, I am building one right now. I have one under contract that should close in December. Um, I'm kind of all in in the Smoky Mountains, so it better just continue to kill it. <laughs> but I am really focused on growing my property acquisition company. I have some really cool things I'm going to be implementing in the next 12 months there. Um, and I'm really, I'm out of the game on my property management company. I actually have five employees there that are, you know, owning each different part of the job. You know, some of them are, they're not really VAs. They are paid pretty damn well, I think. But uh, they are, uh, some of them are virtual but yeah, I think my main thing that I want to do is I really want to focus more on speaking. I have um, a couple speaking engagements coming up and then several podcasts. I really want to do more like on the education side. I want most of my cash flow to be passive, even the companies that I'm involved in now, so that I can do those things, you know, for free at this point in life. Like I'm, I'm focused on like writing blogs. I'm writing a book. And just more about education, because I feel like the way I got educated was really like, I'm Googling, like, how do I quit my job? How do I do this? How do I do that? Where, you know, if, if somebody was out there that I could find at that point that could have like coached and mentored me, I could have been, I could be like a year, a year or two ahead. Right. So I think that's my goal. I have this lofty thing that I've recently kind of like structured as my why, which is I'd like to be. Uh, responsible for the creation of 1,000 women millionaires so we can hit a billion net worth. I just think that sounds totally baller, as the kids say. <laughs> so in order to do that, I need to be really focused on being more like an industry leader operating in that capacity and, and putting my knowledge like out into the world. So that's really where I'm headed. And by the way, I'll just buy cabins as often as I can. <laughs> that's the goal. But I love it. I love it. So... I'd love to d dive a little deeper on the the cabins because like you're super clear on like the vision for what you what your why is and what you're moving towards, which I tell everybody is massively important because anytime somebody comes into our mastermind, the first thing I ask them is like, what is your goal? Right. And most people, they say, I want financial freedom and I want to travel. And I'm like, OK, so what does that mean? What is financial freedom? Like, what is your freedom number? Is it five grand a month, 10 grand a month, 50 grand a month? Like, what is that number? And then it's like, okay, well, let's reverse engineer that lifestyle that you're trying to get to or whatever that thing is that you're trying to get to. And when you do that, it's just so much more liberating because people ask me all the time, like, why don't you start a fund and why aren't you buying more stuff? And do I'm like, because I've got the lifestyle that I want to have. I love doing this podcast with E. I love doing the events with Bill. I love running our masterminds. And we buy hotel deals about once a year and just add a bunch of units and I get some nice vacation rentals here and there as well and just... I just like my life, man. I golf twice a week. I hang out with my wife and my kid. Like, I'm good. Like, I like it. So, like, just be clear and be true to you. Like, whatever that goal is, it doesn't have to be to be a billionaire or whatever it is. Like, it's just like, what are you actually trying to achieve? I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm living the life I want. I I have a pretty darn cool life. I travel about half the time. And when I'm traveling, it's always for, like, some sort of real estate conference or I'm speaking at something. And I love public speaking. I don't have a fear, the fear bone in the body. So that's really, that's 
like you said, like travel and financial freedom. Like I feel like I have all that now. It's just about like putting that awareness out there and just like 10xing, 100xing, whatever type of xing I decide I want. That's where I'm headed. I want to bring us to, so you said that you, you have this, this love for cabins and you've traveled in a past life, 45 countries, mostly stayed in cabins, right? Have you brought some unique design and perspective to all of your cabins that has come from your years of travel that maybe somebody could add to their cabin to just make it unique or, or somebody that like loves cabins. You're like, this is definitely like a cool feature that every cabin should have. And most people don't. Yeah. I mean, not, there's not really anything in particular that we've added. Like most of the cabins in the Smokies, they're like super tongue and grooves. Uh, some have animal heads. They all have hot tubs, mostly have pool tables, mountain views. But I think the one thing after like the 45 countries, you know, I did that in like 15 years too, by the way, was the service aspect. So we pride ourselves on operating like a concierge service. Uh, that's huge. I mean, it's, you know, if you look at, I put some cheat codes on my Instagram. I think you can get it in the highlights. I'm happy to reshare it so everybody can see it. But I, when I was at uh, VRMA in Vegas, Airbnb did a closed session and they went over the four things that you need to do to boost your uh, listing in their algorithm. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us are still fed by Airbnb. We hope to, you know, head more towards direct booking and we are. But where I'm going with all that is that, you know, the one thing they say is like, one of those top four is like, all about your communication with the guest. So basically like, not that they're always right, but that they get attention because they're spending thousands of dollars to be on this vacation. So if they need hike recommendations, if they're like, you know, lost and they need a handheld to get there, I mean, anything that they ask or want, we're responding in, in seconds or minutes in most cases. And they're shocked because sometimes it's like two in the morning, right? So I think that's like the number one thing that we do. Um, we make sure they're super clean too. I mean, that's like utmost, like my main guy on my team, my cleaner, Luis, he's fabulous. I mean, you can't, these types of folks are irreplaceable where they're paying attention to every little detail. So those are like a couple of the things. And then lately, something really big that we've started doing is, and I was doing this from the beginning, but now I'm like really doing it, is um, giving the cabins like a super unique, highly Googleable name. So it's not like Smoky Mountain View or, you know, Bear Lodge or, you know, it's, those are not like unique enough. So I have one I just closed on September 30th and I call it Whiskey Whispers Lodge. Google that, you'll find it. <laughs> and not only that, we themed the entire inside. There's whiskey barrels, there's a mini bar, wine fridge, kind of like the one behind me here. So when they come in, they're just like immersed, like moonshine, whiskey, they're, they are getting that theme and that branding. So are you giving I, them moonshine in there? No. <laughs> like, oh, damn. I, I think the first couple of guests did get a bottle. We had like a little promo thing that we ran unintentionally, but, um, but we are giving recommendations for all the best moonshine places, uh, for sure. Cause I am like a whiskey moonshine expert for sure. A thousand percent. But yeah, just immersing them so that they're just like surrounded by all things like whiskey, if that's their thing. And it's just, I have another one coming up uh, that I'm closing on next month and it'll be Midnight Ridge Lodge. And this thing is a gorgeous beauty. I have a, a walkthrough video on my Instagram, but it's typical cabin inside, but brand new 2022 build. But the exterior is like this sexy black, like 
it's it's midnight. It's so cool. But just doing things like that that stand out and make you a little bit different in a market where there are tens of thousands of other units is is really key right now with with the environment we're in for travel. I think the the word that I use because I'm in like Kissimmee, right? Just as it's thirty seven thousand. Same. Yeah. You know. So like the word that I use is you got to commit. Like you got to go and just commit to whatever plan and don't half-ass it because if you do that's when you end up in the middle of the road and it might be nice but it has to be awesome if you want it to stand out right it doesn't have to be lux it just has to be awesome and that can mean a lot of different things but like when somebody sees that you want to be like that place is awesome yeah because also you can't get like you they can't see how awesome everything else you're doing is until they get inside your place right so there is that that commitment like you know like i somebody sent me their his listings the other day and I can tell that they're not professionally pictured. And I'm just like, dude, it's never going to happen. Like, you know, like it don't, doesn't matter how comfy your bed is. It doesn't matter how great of a customer service aspect you have or concierge aspect you have. You got to get people through the door. And like, there has to be that level of commitment to get it to the door. And I think every market has a different level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right in Kissimmee, where, where Mike is with Orlando and the ultra team houses, that level is a certain level. But even in your market, there is that little bit of extra things that you can do to make your place the most unique in that particular market. I'm not saying like an ultra team Disney Marvel cabin in the Smokies probably wouldn't make sense, right? But like do it what's ultra team for that market just to get people through the door because then it does like once they're there, then you can retarget them, then you can get them to understand how good of a host you are and the quality of service and then get or win yourself clients for life hopefully. Yeah. 100%. So before we get into the last question, at first I want to acknowledge you and thank you for coming on here and sharing your story and your background with everybody and all the good stuff that you're putting out there and all the great free content that you're doing, which is amazing. So where can folks find you and learn more about all the good stuff that you got going on? Yeah, totally. Well, I'm active the most on Instagram. So the handle is at Leslie.Ann.Morris. That's where I'm at. A-N-N-E, by the way. There's yep. a at the end of A-N. <laughs> but I do have several different websites. If you want to see most of it all, like, kind of encapsulated into one website, it's, again, my name.com, LeslieAnnMorris.com. I have all, most of my blogs are on there that I'm sharing with Bigger Pockets community and links to all my other websites. If you're looking to buy or just see what's in my portfolio, it's quite interesting. There's definitely some cool stories there. Love it. Love it. And the last question that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? I mean, I always say drive and determination, but it's like plan the things and do the things. That's I'm an action taker, a thousand percent. I decide what I want and I go for it. A lot of people, analysis paralysis, and then, you know, they're never going to do it. So that's definitely like do the thing. Or, or as my dad always says, plan the work, work the plan, right? And that, that's yes. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> the urgency, right? Like, and, and it's a, I find it so exciting about you because you can tell that you're like, I took a chance and their reward to me, other than the financial reward that you're clearly getting, it's how excited you are about life and what you're doing. And to me, yeah. that's ultimate wealth. Like to me, I would rather you, and I think that's why a lot of people that are like, living their passion oftentimes they're more happy than people making a shit ton of money because passion in a sense of currency to your soul the level of return that you have there it's infinite and then that's why you wake up early and you're just like oh my god i can't wait 
and that's how we were when we were kids. And yeah. we have lost that because like the kids that I've met in my life, they're always like, it's always vacation. So it's like, oh my God, I can't wait. And you're just like, oh my God, how are you like this without coffee in the morning? They're just, they're excited because they're living on purpose. They're living in flow and they're enjoying themselves. So I acknowledge you for going yeah. after that in your life. And I'm very happy that it seems it has really like rewarded you with just how excited you are. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, I get to go look at a cabin. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> and people are paying me for it. Yes. That's You're amazing. like, wait, it's tens of thousands of dollars. Amazing. I love it. Well, Leslie, thank you again for being on here. Truly appreciate it. And uh, for all the listeners out there, as always, appreciate you guys. We don't ask you guys for much ever, but I would love it if you could leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you are on. It really helps push us out to more and more people. Uh, we've had some great growth lately, and I want to keep that going and get this message out there to as many hosts as possible. So as always, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. And we will see you next week. Ciao, guys. Thank you. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.